This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. A dramatic pause says something without saying anything at all. Feet deserve a go-to like that. Like Hey Dude Shoes. Light, comfy, good to go to. When traders tell us how to make Thinkorswim even better, we listen. They asked for a version they could access anywhere. No download necessary. We heard them. And when they asked to execute a preset trade strategy in seconds, we said absolutely. Feedback like this inspired us to build Thinkorswim Web, and it continues to push us. So our entire suite of platforms never stops getting better. Because platforms this innovative aren't just made for traders. They're made by them. Thinkorswim by TD Ameritrade. And welcome again to Cottage Talk Fall Time. I'm Russ Goldman. Joining me right now is Max Cohen. This is our initial reaction show to Fulham's 2-0 victory against QPR. And Max, you and I were talking off air, maybe not the greatest of performances, but it's all about getting all three points. Let's not waste any time. Give me your opening thoughts. It's happened again, Queens Park Rangers. Uh, That's all I have to say to start out with. Um, it's so, so sweet to beat QPR, and it just seems like it's all that's been happening every time they play them in recent years. It's just pure dominance, and yep. it's so satisfying to come away from Loftus Road at three points. Mitrovic on, on the on the double, just such a controlled performance for us, and that was what was nice. You know, we came into the international break with a loss against West Brom. It's been a while since we saw Fulham play, and they just eased right back into it, and that's the kind of comfort which you come to expect this year. You're right, it wasn't, it wasn't a thrashing, it wasn't a no. complete domination, but I did not feel at all during the 90 minutes that we were ever going to lose it, and that's just a great feeling to have. It is, Max. It's, uh, like you said, it's uh, a controlled performance, a marked, you know, a, just much better performance from the last match against West Brom. But more importantly, what do you make of the fact that they had this layoff again and that they looked refreshed, Max? I, I think there's something to it. It's funny, I was speaking to someone about this yesterday and he told me it could go 
either one of two ways, the way that it, it has gone for Fulham in the past, or it could go in the other way where they're rusty. I don't feel like they were rusty at all. Yeah, no, I think it looked pretty fluid. There was some really nice passing football in that first half. I think Kearney was excellent in the midfield. Yeah, the first I goal. I mean, that's one of the, I think, the best goals. Well, we're going to talk season. about that. Yeah, that was a great team goal. goal. Great team goal. It, yeah, it was just it was just a perfect 90 minutes, in my opinion. Okay, excellent stuff. All right. Before we move on any further, I just want to mention a few things. Also, as I'm really trying to get people to watch us on YouTube, if you're watching on YouTube and haven't subscribed, please do subscribe to the Cottage Talk YouTube channel. We would really appreciate it. I also want to just mention this, and, and again, uh, to our friend Claire Parrish. She gave me some news today. Uh, her mom is now in the hospital. Let's hope that she is okay. Claire, obviously uh, P- Paul Parrish's daughter, now her mom's in the hospital. Let's just hope she's okay. So I want to just tell you, Claire, that we're thinking of you, and uh, and I hope your mom's okay. So I just want to mention that for everyone, maybe give a little shout-out to Claire She's been through a lot, her and her family, and uh, let's just hope that everything works out with her mom, who's now in the hospital. Okay. All right, Max, uh, let's now get to it. Let's start here. We we don't do much talking about the starting 11, and uh, I want to get your thoughts on this. My first reaction was, where's Niskan's Cabana? And I don't think Fulham are the same team without him. I know we, we get the victory. He comes on as a sub. But this is the one that stood out to me. Anthony Robinson, obviously coming back from playing with the U.S. men's national team, rested. That makes sense. But um, Niskan's Cabana was a player that uh, I want to see back with Fulham, uh, hopefully healthy and ready to go for the stretch run here. I agree. I think, you know, I like Bobby Decadova-Reed, but in the chances that he had, he wasn't as clinical as I think Niskan's has been this year. We saw that when he was thrown goal in the second half. Could have yep. put the game to bed a lot earlier than we did. Um, yeah, it's, it's an odd one with Niskins. I feel like he had a great run in, in the beginning of the season, middle of the season, and he's kind of fallen off that. Can't really get fit. Can't get a consistent starting place. So that's disappointing. But it wasn't a massive miss today. But I would hope to see Cabana come back. Maybe it was also he was on international duty. They want to rest him. But, you know, so was I'm sure that Bobby was that could never read. Yeah, yeah, Anthony Robinson, as you mentioned, was rested. I thought Joe Bryan did all right. You know, did okay. Did, didn't didn't look too out of place in the starting eleven. But uh, let's just talk about Nico Williams. You know, consistently keeping Kenny Tete out of the squad. And again, I thought he's excellent today. Just excellent. He's such. He a was. He absolutely was, Max. And uh, we could talk about this on future episodes. But what's interesting about Nico Williams, and it, I want to give the guys credit from the Fulmish podcast because they've been talking about it. He's been playing on the other side. He's been playing at left back for Wales at times. So I don't know. Maybe there's something there. I think that Fulham need to do whatever they can to try to sign this guy permanently from Liverpool. I, I think you would agree with me on that. 100%. He would be such a great asset to have if we get promoted. He's someone who can slot in from day one and, and just have that hunger. And there are a couple of times today when he tracked back with just such ferocity wins the ball back, starts the attack right away. It's the modern fullback. Uh, and he's he's been, I think, the best signing we've had in, in recent memory, considering how quickly he's slotted in and how quickly he's displaced a great player, which is Kenny Tete. Okay, excellent stuff. All right, Max, let's get into it. Before we talk about the key moments, which obviously was the goal and the opportunities at the end, I think there were a few missed opportunities. Just give me your overall assessment, your first half analysis. 
Yeah, obviously the goal was crucial. The goal was a crucial moment in there. And we set the tone early uh, on the front foot. And it was an open, exciting derby, Ross. You know, some of these championship kickoffs we have are turgid affairs, and there's not really much in it. Not this one. This seemed end-to-end. It was exciting. Again, as as I said, when I was watching it, it was a great advert for this division. Yeah. In terms of the files, the the tackles flying in, shots on goal, end-to-end play. QPR did try to go quite direct at times. As did we. It felt like the midfield was getting bypassed uh, at moments. But we had that touch of class, which we can just copy and paste this for so many matches this season. We're not necessarily, you know, blowing teams away, but just because we have that quality in the final third, we get the goal and it it changes the complexion of the 90 minutes. So getting that goal was so crucial for us. And we just look really comfortable, I thought. Okay. Well, let's get to it. Let's talk about the goal. You've already described this. And I think the best way to talk about the goal is it was a team goal. Kearney's involved. Carvalho is involved. Great passing here. And then, of course, Mitro does the rest. Let's talk about the uh, opening goal for Fulham here. Yeah, I mean, when, when the ball comes into Kearney, I think that is the most impressive pass of the sequence because he's essentially turning towards the touchline and he fashions that ball right into Carvalho's path, bypasses the defender, and, it, and it's and it could hit in front of him. It forces Carvalho to make that run to the touchline, to the byline. And his first time hard-driven low cross is exactly what Mitch Rich thrives on. And the movement, it's just next level for Mitro. Oh, and how many goals is it this season? Is it is it 30, 37 now? I mean, it's, it's just out of control, the, the levels this guy is scoring at. He's the best striker in championship history. And, <laughs> I mean, he just scored two goals today. And it's not even, like, the headline, you know? Another know. player be like, oh, congrats on Mitro for the brace. But it's going, yeah, you know, Mitro got two. It's another day in the office for him. It's just so <laughs> fortunate what we're witnessing. Uh, what What a legend for us. Um, Absolutely. And, and the movement there is a big thing because the it's a great ball, fantastic. but he has to get in front of the defender. He has to beat him to that near post. And he yeah. does, and it's a, he's not going to miss from that range. Okay. And listen, that really just set Fulham on its way. The only thing I'm going to say from this point on, because like I said, I thought it was a controlled first half, a, a dominant at times first half. But Max, and again, maybe I'm nitpicking here, but there were some missed opportunities in the first half. You would agree. You have the deflection of the shot from Carvalho that hits the woodwork and then a couple of other opportunities. I, I want to get your thoughts of what was going through your mind. Now, Fulham are up one nil and they could not get that second goal in the first half. Were, were you concerned? It doesn't sound like you were because you felt we were in control. Yeah. I mean, it was definitely in the back of my head that in these type of matches, one nil is always going to be nervy and that inevitably towards the end of the game, there's going to be, um, a situation when they're piling on pressure and you wish you could have gotten a two goal cushion. But honestly, I didn't, I didn't see a QPR attack today, which, which bothered me at all. Not really. Honestly, they were a lot more meek in the revert than they were in the reverse <laughs> fixture when, I mean, they went ahead, yeah. didn't they? They they went ahead at Craven That's right. Cottage That's um, right. and, and really gave us troubles. I thought in that first half on the counter attack back in, back in, you know, the fall of 2021 here, I didn't see that. So I really was never concerned. There were some mistakes we had playing out of the back, which is the only thing I thought could have hurt us. But I, I just, maybe I was just relaxed. Maybe I was just happy to see club football back. But I never was too bothered about QPR coming back to hurt us. I would say, though, you mentioned the missed opportunities. Yep. When the Carvalho shot hit off the crossbar, and it just felt like it took a really long time for that ball to come down and bounce and be cleared, I'm thinking, where's Mitro? Where's Mitro just to tap this in on the line? I was right. a bit surprised he wasn't crashing the net there, but. Can't have too many complaints. <laughs> no, I hear you. But, you know, and again, 
maybe, you know, I'm a positive person. You know this. I'm, I'm very positive, but I always feel like the other shoe is going to drop. I live here in Boston. It happened before the Patriots and the Red Sox and Celtics won. You know, I'm, you know, again, 1986, the Boston Red Sox waiting for the shoe to drop, which happened. I don't want to get into that, but I started feeling a little bit like that. Like, oh, are we going to have one of those days where QPR is going to get back in the match? But did they really trouble us, Max? Did they really? And, and I think the answer is no. No, I mean, the one save I can really think of Rodak had to make was the one yeah. he spilled a bit. You know, it took a bounce in front of him, but there were really no periods of sustained pressure. In yeah. My opinion. Okay. I'm going to share a couple comments. This is from Lee Warner, just leaving Loftus Road. What a win. Good value for the three points. Worked really hard. I have to follow this one up. Lee also says, Mitro <laughs> needs a statue as soon as possible. Wow. So, again, he might end up getting one at some point, Max. He might end up Why getting not? one. <laughs> well, Listen, we have Michael Jackson statue. So oh, let's not go to that. Let's not talk about that. <laughs> you know, uh, the Michael Jackson statue. It's funny. When I went to Craven Cottage back in 2012, it was the last thing on the tour that they showed me. And I understand now why that was the last thing. Because it was disgusting. That statue. It was embarrassing. But... What can you say? Al-Fayed loved Michael Jackson, and that was what he wanted to do. But, uh, yeah, if there's a Michael Jackson statue at Craven Cudge, why couldn't there be a Mitro one at some point? I'm not going to disagree with that. Okay, Max, let's now transition. Let's talk about the second half. And give me your second half analysis. Again, we'll talk about the second goal, the penalty that Fulham were rewarded in just a second, and then, of course, Mitro scoring once again. But let's get your thoughts on... Just your analysis of the second half. Yeah, in the second half, I think it was a bit calmer than that first half was at times. It wasn't as open-ended. It wasn't as end-to-end. But again, we had good opportunities. Mitra had his header cleared off the line. Um, we had a su- succession of corners. It just seemed that we were in control. And we worked hard. I think that's a really good point that uh, Lee may- mentioned in the chat. Is yeah. that we, were, we were good value for this. It was a hard-working display. We didn't take anything for granted. We didn't look complacent. Uh, which we have at times this season. So that's just really positive for me. Uh, and then we have the goal, of course, which, again, came at the perfect time. And, again, credit to Mitrovic because it was a long buildup from when the penalty was called until he actually takes that penalty. And I know the nerves can play a factor there, but he's in front of the way end. I think, honestly, when uh, when we beat QPR back in 2017, I think uh, Rui Font missed the penalty. In the, in the same end, kicking towards <laughs> Wow, the we're going back. We're going way back. So, you know, it's not a given. You'll put that one away. Really but, fun. Wow. Yeah, remember that? Great, great pen um, from Mitro. And we were on our way. And 2-0 to go with 12 minutes left. We're not going to give that up. And we kept the yeah. clean sheet. That's a big thing. Credit to defense. Absolutely. Steve Reynolds said this in the chat. Yep. Reman of the match. Um, well, we'll talk about that in a second. I don't know I'm not going to disagree with excellent. him on that. I, mean, there, yeah. I think there's one time when he just tracks a through ball, probably – you know, 50 yards in the air and heads it confidently back to Rodak or clears it. And he was just excellent, as was Tosin. Um, very, very solid from us. So, yeah, honestly, don't have made too many notes on that performance. Exactly what you no. want to come back from an international break to do. Get all three points and have a professional performance. And as Lee Warner said, worked really hard for it, and they deserved all three points. So let's now talk about Fulham being rewarded a penalty and uh, I've seen a couple of views of this. The arm is obviously impeding here. And you and I were talking. It's a pen. You put your, it's, a pen. You know, it's a pen. It's a pen. So 
So your thoughts when you saw us, did you think that it was going to be called – did you think it was automatically going to be called? No. I mean, honestly, the angle we got, I didn't really know what happened. I just saw an appeal, and it was a bit of a 15-second delay until the referee pointed it to was. the spot. Just knowing our luck, though, Ross, I had no expectation with Huntley. You know, we, we've had blade man balls. Remember um, uh, Cardiff City? I didn't think we were going to get this um, penalty, honestly. Town. I didn't yeah. think we were going to get it for the reasons you're saying. Uh, let's not forget the Barnsley decision against us. Oh. So I had no expectation of it. So when the referee pointed on the spot, I almost celebrated it like a goal. Right. Like, oh, we got a penalty. Right. So for like, Fulham, wait getting a, a penalty awarded is a lot rarer than scoring a goal. Right. It's <laughs> in, like, in wait a minute. This is Fulham. We're actually getting a, a decision. We're getting yeah. a good decision. So, so but it, that was it, great. It was the right decision. It absolutely yeah, was I mean, the right decision. Honestly, I, I, people are saying it's soft. I, I disagree with that. I don't, I don't see how that's soft. He, he stuck out his elbow. That's not a natural position. And the ball him squarely in his – it wasn't like it was his shoulder. It was clearly in his elbow. That's a handball to prevent a cross from coming yep. in the box. Yep. Comb thinks it was soft. That's a pen. But, you know, it worked out for us. It wasn't a big controversy. Uh, and Mitro dispatched it really well. It was funny. When he was taking the penalty, I noticed the QPR players are pointing the opposite direction. Like, I think Charlie Austin was pointing to Mitro's right. So the keeper dies and Mitro sends it to his left. So that I was know. a nice touch. It was, and Mitro puts it in the back of the net. And at that point, Max, like you said, I think there were, what, 12 minutes left. Fulham are in really good shape. I'm still nervous. I'm still nervous even going into stoppage time. That's just me being me. But I really shouldn't have felt that way because as going back to what you said, how much of a threat were they really, QPR? They really weren't. And I shouldn't have felt this nervous, but I, I am. I'm a Fulham supporter. I always feel nervous. But they were, again – Really in control, Max. Yeah. I mean, it says a lot when I think their best players were their fullbacks, in my opinion. They were the most impressive players for QPR, attacking-wise. And that says it all, really, when you look at what they did going forward. Just wasn't there. Surprised by that, honestly. But, hey, this is a team who I think lost three on the trot, lost four in the last five. We did play QPR at probably the best time this year. Yeah. Now – Steve is actually asking this question. I don't have the answer. Was this the same ref who gave a pen for Coventry against us? I I don't know. Maybe someone can can find out for us. Again, we're not going to be going much longer, but that'd be interesting if it was. And Max, you're going to be at the Coventry City match with Emilio, which is fantastic. And Max is actually coming to Boston. So I'm I'm actually going to meet Max in person, but he's going to be at the Coventry City match. And you and I have talked about this. Wouldn't it be great? If they actually got automatic promotion, maybe even I don't think they'll they could win the league at that point, but got automatic promotion against Coventry City. I think that would be nice. But we'll see what happens. We'll we'll definitely see what happens. But Fulham again up 2-0 and they see the match out, Max. And before we talk about man of the match, just your again, your thoughts about what you watched to end the match. Again, very comfortable. Very comfortable. You know, Colin Bugler is saying it feels like a second-gear performance. Perhaps. You know, I don't think we are in our barnstorming best, that's for sure. No, but I don't think so either. We controlled it. Um, and the nice thing about having that two-little cushion is that we didn't feel in danger of throwing it away. We had the clean sheet. I remember there were a bunch of corners at the end for QPR, and Rodak was very animated in defending them. And I think it, for him, he takes pride in those clean sheets. Right. All the back four does. So that was that was almost like scoring goal for them was keeping that keeping that clean sheet. 
and again, yeah, it was uh, it was comfortable. It's all I keep repeating that because that's yeah. what's true. It did never really feel stressed today. The early goal, the second goal, the perfect time, and we beat QPR. And the, the chance from the away end, credit to the away support today. Excellent. Okay, so Combs says yes, it was Gavin Ward. So that's very interesting. If that is true, I'm, I'm going to take Coleman at his word on that. It's very interesting. I'm going to share a couple more comments before we go to the man of the match. This is from Stefan. Needed this win as a confidence builder given our performances before the break. Totally agree with you, Stefan. Totally agree. And let's see, we're getting more comments on that. Yes, Gavin Ward is the same ref who gave the penalty for the die for Coventry. That's very interesting. I don't know. Is it payback? Is it you know, again, maybe, well, again, this was legitimate though, Max, this wasn't really payback. This was, this is a penalty. Yeah. That but, is that's funny, but it's very that funny. funny. I had no idea. So thank you everyone for letting us know about that. Okay. Coming up next to finish up the show, we're going to talk about man of the match. Okay, Max, let's not waste any more time. Let's talk about man of the match. I know our friend Steve Reynolds has already given the shout out for Tim Ream. You know, it's funny. I don't see any reason why he couldn't be considered man of the match. What's interesting about Tim Ream, I keep saying this, is that I don't see him playing for us next season in the Premier League, maybe on the bench, maybe, you know, again, maybe eventually on, uh, on the staff, maybe on the coaching staff eventually if he, wanted to go in that direction and, uh, you know, went down that path that you would have to, to be a coach. But I think he's been just professional. And the thing about him right now, he doesn't have the legs anymore, but he has the mind, Max, the decision-making. And that's what you're seeing. He doesn't make many bad decisions. And that, to me, is one of the reasons why Tim Ream should be considered for man of the match. That's true. He he's seemed to cut that out of his game this season. It's really impressive to look at what happened to Reem. I mean, last season, he didn't feature at all. He was completely no. outcast. He spoke publicly about how he disagreed with how Parker treated the championship promotion squad when they got to the Prem, completely you know, isolated them from, from the starting 11. Right. And he just slotted back this year like nothing ever happened, and he's been you know impervious. Ste- Stefan's saying he stabilizes the team. I totally agree. It's actually really impressive, in my opinion, what Reem has done. Because I don't think people expected that. I didn't expect that for him to come in and be, you know, it's not controversial to say he's one of the best center backs in the division. And that's not, right. that's not an easy thing to say. No, uh, it definitely isn't. I'm, I'm going to go with Mitra, though, for man of the match, just because he got the goals. It's just spectacular, Russ. Let me read this out to you. Okay. He's played 36 matches. He scored 37 goals. That's 1.05 goals per 90 minutes. Unbelievable. It, a goal a game. More than a goal a game. Unbelievable. In 2022, just it's spectacular because a lot of times throughout the season, you've thought he's on a good run. He's on a great run. Strikers will go on hot and cold patches. He just has been a hot patch the entire, the entire season. 36 matches, 37 goals. I've never seen anything like it. I don't know if we will ever see anything like it, but it's just it's no words anymore. Well, see, I'm going to go with Colm on this. Williams, for me, thought there were a few candidates. But, again, this goes back to players that change the game. I think he changes the game for Fulham. He gives them the threat down the right-hand side, him and Harry Wilson. And I don't know if you agree with me this, but I don't think Harry Wilson had his best game. 
but you have the threat, the constant threat of Nico Williams always going forward. And I don't think he's terrible defensively. So I'm with Colin Bugler. I'm going to go with uh, Nico Williams. Your thoughts? Yeah, I think Nico again was excellent. I gave him a shout out in my first uh, excerpt today saying how excellent he was. Yeah. I love him. I think he's quickly becoming a fan favorite. The work rate he puts in is spectacular, and he backs it up with the skill. He knows how to defend as well. That's the thing with a lot of modern fullbacks, as you can tell. I mean, Williams has said he's a converted winger. Right. And when you see players like that, oftentimes they don't do the defensive things right. They're fine defensively, but they really just want to bomb forward. Williams right. is both things, I think, excellent. He knows how to use his body. He's not very tall, but he uses his low center of gravity to muscle players out. And his recovery speed is second to none. And you, you saw the quality he has when he can strike a, strike a goal like he did at Swansea City. He can put in deliveries. It's excellent. Right. And this is from Neil. Every time Williams touches the ball, he improves position. That is 100% right, Max, because he gets the ball and all of a sudden we are off. So Neil was 100% right on that. Let's see. Now, Wayne, and Wayne, thank you so much for being such a a loyal uh, listener and someone that watches the uh, show on a regular basis. Harry Wilson is his man of the match. Now, I've said that I didn't think that he had the greatest game. Am I wrong? Or do you agree with uh, Wayne on this? I mean, no, I think I'm critical. I don't think Harry Wilson had a bad match, but I don't think he's my man of the match. Just felt that, you know, he had some opportunities to get through and he, and he went down a bit easily or he didn't quite stand his feet or he wasn't strong enough, whatever it may be. He probably wants to get a goal today in a game like today. He had chances. Yeah. He had opportunities. Um, but n- nothing against him. But what, what wasn't at his best, I thought. Okay, excellent stuff. Anyone else have any thoughts on Man of the Match? Please feel free to share. But to wrap up, I want to talk about this, Max, because we have a right to start really thinking about this. And when do you think is going to be the match? When do you think it's going to be the match where Fulham can clinch automatic promotion? When do you think that's going to be? I want to talk about that because we could talk about winning the league as the second thing, because again, I've had people tell me they want us to win the league. And of course I want them to win the league, but it's about automatic promotion. That's number one for me. So when do you think it's going to happen? Will it happen when you are at Craven Cottage (laughs) against Coventry City? I hope. Andrew in the chat says nine more points guarantees promotion for us, regardless of what other teams do. So that's three wins. Uh, So that, that wouldn't be, that wouldn't be, um, the Coventry match, but who knows? Other teams might lose. Other teams might slip slip up. Maybe that means Coventry's that game. But I think it's pretty clear at the trajectory we're going at. If we can if we continue this good run of form we've been on, I mean, for the entire season, quite frankly, we can be promoted within the next month. That's realistic. The month of April, we should circle one of those dates for automatic promotion being clinched, which compared to the way we've been playing um, in the past season, the championship is, is astounding. And it came down to the end of the season in 2018 to see if we can get automatically promoted and right. we lost to Birmingham. Um, last time we were in the championship and went up through the playoffs, we weren't even in the conversation for automatic promotion. No. So w- what a nice treat. W- what a unique experience which we have not experienced quite recently. I mean, the last time this happened was 2001 in that famous season, right? That's so, right. That's let's right. enjoy it. Let's just enjoy it is my philosophy. And I agree with that, Max. And listen, I'm looking at the current table. There's a 14-point gap right now. 14 points from Huddersfield Town. 
and we also have one game in hand on them. So again, or is it two games in hand on them? So actually there's a couple, right? So there's an opportunity here, but then you have Luton Town not that far off and Middlesbrough who we're going to be facing and, you know, Blackburn, there are teams in and around it, but a 14-point gap right now, we should be feeling pretty comfortable. Comfortable is the right way to put it. You know, not arrogant, not complacent. Not arrogant. But let's be honest, it, it would take a collapse on like anything we've ever seen for us to drop out of this. And I just don't see that in this team right now. Well, that's one of the reasons why I felt getting three points was so huge here, Max, beating QPR. It's because if you listened or watched the West Brom match, you heard the announcer basically say that it's not out of the realm that they could be under pressure at some point. We're talking about Fulham. After one loss to West Brom, he was already going down that road. And I understand that the pressure could have built. Well, that pressure has now been put off. This isn't being arrogant. This is being realistic. This is a massive three points. Massive. Huge. Couldn't agree more. Cannot agree more. And it's a derby. And I always love beating QPR. I hate QPR. And it's very satisfying to see, see us beat them. Because for a while, I feel like from 2014 to 2016 or something, like they, they would beat us quite consistently. We could not get a win against them no matter what we yep. did. Yeah. But what's great about this, and I hope everyone is appreciating the season we're having, is that this is different than the last two opportunities we had to go up via the playoff because this is more than likely going to be automatic promotion. I wasn't a foam supporter Last time they won the league, and I, I wish I was, but I wasn't. So I'm going to enjoy this because we know next season it's going to be completely different. If Fulham are in the Premier League, it's going to be so different. So I just say just continue to enjoy it. I enjoyed this today, and that's what I would recommend to everyone because next season things are going to be extremely different in the Premier League, Max. Yes, couldn't agree more. Cannot agree more. We're, we're, we're a yo-yo club. That's clear. Um, it is what it enjoy, is. Let's enjoy the upward swing of the yo-yo. Let's enjoy it. We're going up. <laughs> we're don't, going don't, up. don't think about what comes after. Okay. Very good. All right. Well, before we go, I'm going to give you your chance to give your final thoughts, and we'll wrap up this show. Yeah, final thoughts is I'm just beyond delighted, blessed. In a week, a week from tomorrow, I'll be at the Coventry City match. Uh, first time at the cottage since COVID happened. My last match was a 2-1 loss uh, when Reading beat us. Charlie Adams scored in 2020. Oh. I think it was like New Year's Day 2020, around that end, which uh, was kind of the um, the doldrums of Parker Bowl. And oh. now it's such a different vibe around the club. A lot's happened since, but the same thing we can say is that the Fulham family stays in pa- uh, contact, intact um, and we can get the three points, hopefully. Okay. My final thoughts, actually, and I'm glad that you mentioned this because it does go along with what you said about the last time you saw Fulham play under Parker Ball. And this isn't really about Parker Ball. This is more about what Marco Silva has brought Fulham, Max. He brought joy to Fulham, a joy of watching our club play not only attractive football, but a winning brand of football. And I don't think that we can emphasize enough what he has meant him, Boa, the entire staff, they've changed how Fulham look on the pitch, how Fulham are acting on the pitch. 
it's a winning mentality. Not that it wasn't under Parker, but it's not this conservative mentality that we had. It is more, let's get all three points and we're going to go for it. And I really have a good feeling about what's going to happen next season. I, I know I'm jumping ahead, but Marco Silva is the reason why I feel this way. And the main reason I feel this way is look at how many players have improved underneath Marco Silva's leadership and Boa and the staff in general. That to me is the reason why I'm encouraged by what is hopefully going to happen next season in the Premier League. It starts with the coach. A coach can make a huge difference. Sometimes you don't think, well, it's about the players, it's about the talent that you have. A lot of these players were the same players we had last season or the season before that. And look at how the players are reacting now. And you have to put some of that on the coach. So I'm going to say Marco Silva has made such a huge difference. And uh, I look forward to next season. And he's a good part of the reason why I'm looking forward to it. And that's how I'm going to end the show. Let's wrap this up, my friend. For Max Cohen, I'm Russ Goldman. Thank you as always for watching and listening to Cottage Talk. It's the 90th minute and all to play for at the end of the match. All your mates are around. You've got your McDougat share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. Are you in? I know I'm in. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.